Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program... From the governor to secretary of state and a race that could change the balance of power in the U.S. Senate, political strategists dissect Georgia's upcoming primary. And also, we'll talk about all those TV ads. And from our Closer Look listener favorites. Janet Jackson was in the room when I auditioned for uh, Mrs. Butterworth commercial, and she was one of the other little girls that was auditioning. And I thought... Oh no! I'm not getting this. Exactly. This is this is for her. This is she's Janet Jackson, and she wasn't doing anything to me. But thank God for God and my mama, because she snatched me up, took me to that bathroom, and was like, "Let me tell you something." Because I said, "Let's go. I, I I don't belong here." And she said, "Don't let anything or anyone intimidate you. You go in there and you be the best you and do your best." And- Always thank you, Mama. That is actress and director Kim Fields as part of our Closer Look listener favorites. That's coming up later in the program. All that's ahead. But first this, Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens presided over a ceremonial signing regarding legislation that would allow the city to acquire 75 acres of land that was formerly the site of the Chattahoochee Brick Company. The plan is to develop parks, green space, and watershed land. We can preserve this land as a place of remembrance and hope for future generations. That also includes a phase to build a memorial at the old brick factory site to honor victims of convict leasing. If you don't know what that's about, well, after the Civil War, thousands of young boys and black men were forced to work at the factory. And WABE's Molly Samuel had a story about the land. It was featured on NPR's Morning Edition earlier today. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, it's online as well. Really good feature. In other news, the Morehouse School of Medicine is launching a program aimed at curbing Georgia's high maternal mortality rate and its disproportionate impact on black women. Now, Georgia ranks 48th in the nation in maternal mortality, with black women almost four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. Dr. Natalie Hernandez is with the Morehouse School of Medicine. She says the new free training for perinatal patient navigators will build an already existing program. This is an adaptation of a current Morehouse School of Medicine adult community health worker training program that we have but with elements of medical assistance and elements of doula support. Now, these new navigators will support pregnant women through their care, help with paperwork, and provide health education, among other, among other resources. And finally, the Atlanta Hawks will try and stave off elimination in the playoffs tonight down in Miami. They are down three games to one to the Heat. The Hawks just haven't been playing well, and perhaps it'll all come together tonight. Tip-off is 7 p.m. And whether we're talking about the Hawks or 
historical issues as well. You hear about the uh, Chattahoochee Brick Factory. That is a fascinating, fascinating and quite horrifying uh, piece of history here in the Atlanta area. But WABE's Molly Samuel had that story this morning on, on Morning Edition. That's what we do here. We give you what we think is good information, content, news reports, conversations that we think matter. And we don't have to be beholden to anybody to tell us what to do and how to do it. They better not. So here in these final moments of the member drive, and this is Closer Look, in case you don't know, I'm Rose Scott. As part of the fundraiser, we're in the final match of this entire fundraiser, if you didn't know. So when you give right now at wabe.org slash donate, your gift does a lot more. And joining me now to tell you all about it is fellow journalist, someone else who knows about good storytelling, Gail O'Neill. Gail? Thank you so Greetings, much. Rose. Yeah. Oh, let me, I want to thank you all for delivering the news in a non-hysterical fashion. I find I can listen to WABE and walk away feeling good about humanity and knowing where and when we can make corrections in the way that we, we're going about our lives. So let's get to the pledge drive. This is how it works, people. A few of our members, our major, major giving society here at WABE are called Cornerstone members. And they've given us $5,000 to match with your donations right now. So if you give $10 a month, it'll be matched for the first year. Or if you give $50, they'll match it with $50. Best of all, your donation powers all the reasons you value Rose and Closer Look. So please take a moment and give right now at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And thank you. My name is Tracy Walker and I'm from Akris, Georgia. I really appreciate Rose Scott. I like her quite a bit. I think she brings a really nice perspective and she's unabashed about her own life experiences and who she is and how she views things. And I really like that honesty. Uh, I really like the authenticity that she brings to the table. Wow, thank you so much, Tracy, for the kind words. It means a lot. I really appreciate it. And, you know, every program you hear on WABE, Closer Look, City Lights, all the great reporting that comes out of our WABE newsroom, our podcast, the shows that you hear on Morning Edition or All Things Considered, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, you name it, we love it. Well, guess what? It's all funded by listener support. And you know what? Metro Atlanta listeners like you, they provide our largest source of funding. Gail, you know this. 84%. I know we keep saying this number, and someone actually tweeted to me and said, you know, Rose, y'all ought to put that on your next T-shirt, 84%. I think we ought to do something like that because it means so much to us. And for many of our listeners, we found that the sweet spot, if you want to call it that, for giving comes in about maybe $10 a month. But you know what? As my daddy would say and granddaddy would say, do what you can afford. Now think about this. What you hear on WABE, the truth, the insight, and the powerful stories, I'm not just making that up, we know that they're valued by you, and they are also sustained by you. So please make your monthly gift at wabe.org slash donate, or old-fashioned way, 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $10 a month, we'd like to thank you with our brand new Amplifying Atlanta mug. It features illustrations of some of Atlanta's most iconic landmarks, along with our beloved WABE hosts. And it was designed by Atlanta artist Fabian Williams. It's yours as a monthly donor at $10 a month or with an annual gift of $120. And you'll get a bonus gift, the PBS Streaming Channel Passport. 
please give monthly. It only takes a moment at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And thanks. Also, if you're listening right now and thinking, I'm not certain I'm ready to commit on a monthly basis to WABE, we understand. Mm -hmm. If a one-time gift is what works for you right now, we get it. Choosing the amount to give and how often to give We're going to leave that to you. And Rose, you know something? I'm sure your daddy told you this too. A big time (laughs) fundraiser told me this years ago. He said, Gail, my gift is going to be as big or as small as the ask. So I'm asking the ballers right now, because I know you all listen to become a sustaining member at the Cornerstone Society member by giving $100 a month. Choosing the amount to give and how often, as I said, is, is, is completely up to you. And for now, just remember your gift is how we pay for programs like Closer Look and Keeping Rose Scott right here in Atlanta. You can make your contribution easily online at wabe.org slash donate. You know, my daddy used to always say, too, you know, now, depending on how much you're going to get also depends on whether you cut the front and the back grass. <laughs> okay, says I, I just, just want to go to White Castles. So this was our go-to. You know, we'd play basketball, and after basketball, the kids in the neighborhood, we'd all go to White Castle. And my meal was two double cheeseburgers, onion rings, and a chocolate shake. Now, I could get all that with $5, so all I really wanted was the $5. But it well, was like, you. do you want $5 just for that, or do you want to get a little bit more so you don't have to ask me the next time, which will be tomorrow, when y'all go play basketball? And it was like, uh Okay, so I'll cut the front and the back. <laughs> anyway, thank goodness we're not asking our listeners to do that, but we'd like to thank everyone who has given so far during Closer Look. Look, it's part of this cornerstone match, but we still need you. And the idea is pretty simple. You heard Gail talk about it. When you give right now, your gift will be matched up to $5,000 total. So please take a moment to give right now, whether it's $10, $50. If you got $5,000 like that, hey, go ahead, make it. Please take a moment to give right now at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, on behalf of the entire Closer Look team, we say thank you. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues here from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. They are everywhere. Campaign ads. Small business owners like me worried about layoffs. I didn't care about the politics. I was going to do what's right. We chose freedom over government lockdowns, and you stood with me. And you know what? We are right. Illegals flooding our border. Skyrocketing gas prices. Crippling inflation. The brink of war. Folks, that all started right here when Brian Kemp sold us out and allowed radicals to steal the election. Kemp is just another establishment politician who fought Trump. Enough is enough. When I didn't win the governor's race, not getting the job didn't exempt me from the work, and so I didn't quit. 
I got back to work, paid off the medical debt of 68,000 Georgians, helping small businesses stay alive, making sure they had the financing they needed. And that's the reason I'm here, just to see how this is working, what is going on, how are you getting funding, and just what's happening. We put people in office that doesn't seem to care about this country anymore. And I said, you know, if I can change it and I just sit back and do nothing, what kind of man will I be? But right now, I know I can change something. So in just a year in the Senate, did I think I could fix Washington? Of course not. But every day, I focused on what I could do for our state. Creating jobs, fixing infrastructure, expanding health care. Ah, don't worry. For the next few weeks, you can continue to hear and see these ads not just on TV, social media as well, radio, mailers, T-shirts, hats. Are bumper stickers still a thing? I'm not sure. Let's get some insight. Joining me now with more is Atlanta-based political strategist Fred Hicks and Julian Thompson, regular con- contributors here on Closer Look. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Rose. Thank you so much. Uh, so let's begin here. Are bumper stickers still a thing? Do folks still do those, uh, Julian? Are they effective? I really Well, I don't pay attention, but... Are bumper stickers still a thing here? You know, I think that they are for some people, but um, I think for the most part, what I'm seeing with each new election is fewer and fewer people want to put bumper stickers on their car because, (laughs) you know, a lot of times, a lot of times it results in your car getting keyed. So, um, (laughs) so, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that collect them um, Mm -hmm. for elections. I think there are a lot of people that put them on their computer. They might put them on their notebook and they just might keep them in their political collection. But I don't see as many people putting bumper stickers on their cars and as I, they did in the past. And I shouldn't laugh because no one's vehicle should be keyed. Uh, Fred, what's up with the bumper stickers? Or do you recommend those to folks when you are giving them some type of strategy? Hey, let's get 3,000 bumper stickers. Oh, no, we've progressed beyond bumper stickers. We now do bumper magnets. That's right. They won't stain your car and you can move it from one vehicle to the next. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. We we do like them. We don't see them as often. But, yeah, I'm with Julian. People don't want to put stickers on their cars. It messes up the paint job and stuff like that. Uh, but they yes. will put a magnet on there. All right. Well, listen, let's begin with those TV ads. Fred, I'll stay with you for a moment. They are really in heavy rotation, regardless of the political party here. It's the same. It's Look, it's the oldest, I guess, strategy in a sense. You just bombard. I mean, I'm seeing ads just and even on the streaming platforms, too. They're just everywhere. Oh, they really are, you know, and this is, um, I I feel bad for for Georgians because, you know, we lost our Christmas and our holiday season in 2020 due to the runoff. Um, So it didn't even feel like we're in the holiday season in December of 2020 going to the beginning of 2021. Um, And then here we are again now in April going to May. And uh, this is going to continue through November. So this is just sort of the opening salvo. Uh, but for your airwaves, TV, radio, digital, Hulu, YouTube, and all of that. But it's one of those things, honestly, that's a necessary evil because if you're not on air and your opponent is, then you're going to lose market share. So one person goes up, or the other person has to go up. The other person goes up, other people have to go up. And so it just kind of, uh, it's almost like mutually assured distraction, uh, destruction. It's a little mad, but you do it because you have to do it. Well, Fred, let me ask you this because you are always coming with the numbers. Uh, how much money does one need? Uh, let, let's just say for, I mean, gubernatorial and some of the statewide races, we get it. But let's just say for someone, a, a local, a state senator or, or a state representative, how much money do they need TV money wise to have a to be impactful, I guess, or to really penetrate the market here? How much are we talking? 
in Georgia. Well, you know, it all depends. Yeah, you know, it all depends on on uh, what your opponents are doing. But, you know, for your listeners, it's important to understand that the Atlanta media market is the sixth largest in the country. And it's the fourth most expensive in the country. And so when you're advertising here, it's more expensive than, say, to advertise in South Georgia or in a lot of other places in the, in the in the United States. So number one, the Atlanta market is expensive. And so if you're running here, you have to spend more than you do in other places. But generally speaking, if you're talking about, say, the mayor of Atlanta, uh, you're looking at spending at least $100,000 on TV, um, at least. And really, you know, most media buyers will tell you that you're gonna, you need to spend between three and 400000 because you're trying to get at least 100,000 gross rating points. Hmm. And so that's how many times a thousand people, you know, X number of people are listening or, or viewing your ad. The thing about about media now is that uh, people's attention is really spread across a lot of different mediums. Mm-hmm. So whereas TV and radio were the kings and queens forever and a day of media, now you have to uh, you have to be on the streaming platforms. You also are looking at texting and doing all these different kinds of things to try to get the same number or the same impact that you did before just by going through the other two mediums. But again, it really just all depends. Um, but if we're talking about the Metro Atlanta market, you're talking about the mayor's race, mm-hmm. you, you need at least 100,000. Well, but but we're talking about like for, you know, state someone running for state senator or, you know, state representative. Yeah, state senator, you know, you're probably looking at, um, you know, a third to, to half of your budget, whatever your budget is that you're putting on, okay. on the TV and radio. Well, Julianne, let me ask you this. Is it a... F- should we go ahead and say, listen, if a candidate for the statewide races now, if they don't have a lot of t- money pouring into TV ads, are they at a disadvantage if you're an incumbent? If you or do people really pay attention? I mean, Secretary of State, we haven't really seen much here. We've seen a little bit, but not much. Um, the state superintendent, I haven't seen any. You know, uh, insurance commissioner. Some folks don't even know what they do, but you know, <laughs> if you know, if well, you don't have any TV I, you know, money, are you at a disadvantage? I think you are at a disadvantage, but I think it also depends on the race that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with everything that Fred just said. You know, most people are not politicos. They don't have time to follow elections, issues, polling. And like Fred talked about the world we live in and the world of instant gratification, they don't really have the attention span to research. So getting those short sound bites that tell a story about where a candidate stands on issues that are important to them is, you know, it's always a winning strategy. And um, and candidates with TV ads are most definitely, most definitely have the advantage to reach the most people with their message. And, you know, whether you're talking about television, whether you're talking about social media, because social media does a really good job of reaching uh, those voters that are under 65, um, you know, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, texting, like, um, like Fred mentioned, you know, Instagram, for instance, reaches an even younger demographic and a lot more women than, say, Facebook or Twitter. Um, so hmm. I think depending on on who your candidate is, on who you're trying to appeal to, and, you know, just taking into consideration the way that things are in politics today, you really can't afford to miss any of these opportunities in media Uh, I think it's extremely important and it's extremely important to, you know, to have those to have those Google ads that follow you no matter where you go on the search engine. And Mm -hmm. those ads are always popping up. So so those things are important and you've got to make sure to reach every demographic and there's a media market to do it. Julianne, let me stay with you, because on the Republican side here, and if you are not if you're unaware of this, 
it used to be the Atlanta area, and I think I've said this a million times, was heavy Democrat. Yeah, let's just be really clear about that. That used to be that if you were a Republican, you had to really get outside of the, the region here and, and, and garner those votes. Is that still the same, you think, for those for Republican candidates here? Well, I mean, I think that you still it's very important to reach every part of Georgia. And I think that Republicans have seen that the days of being able to just depend on rural Georgia to get enough votes to win an election is a a day of the past. They have to reach into the Atlanta metro area as well. And, you know, over the past several elections, we have lost a percentage, especially of the female vote in metro Atlanta. And so I think you're going to see Republicans really focus in on on that vote and getting a certain percentage of those female metropolitan voters, suburban moms back. Mm, we've talked about that, too. Then you've actually said that you felt that the GOP lost a lot of the suburban moms. Uh, Fred, your thoughts in terms of region here? Is there a different strategy this year than it's been in any other for the Democrats? Well, similar to what Julianne just described on the Republican side, on the Democratic side, uh, Democrats have typically just focused on Metro Atlanta, Metro Macon, Metro Savannah, Augusta, so your major metropolitan cities through or community centers across the state and left everything else to Republicans. And when you do that, you have what you've had for the last 20 years, and that is Republican win after Republican win after Republican win. So if Democrats are going to break through this year and actually win a statewide election, they're going to have to run run ads and make appearances in middle Georgia, southwest and southeast Georgia as well, because these elections are no longer going to be won or lost by three, four or five percentage points. You're talking about a half percentage point here or there. And mm-hmm. Rose, you know, we say it all the time on the air that these elections are won and lost, won and lost along the margins. And so for Democrats who really want to win, whether you're talking about Stacey Abrams or the nominees for any of the other statewide elections, they're going to have to get outside of Metro Atlanta and find ways to win votes uh, in, other, in other areas, particularly, I think, along uh, along Highway 16, mm-hmm. along Highway 84, which runs from the Alabama line basically over to Valdosta and South Georgia. But those two corridors, Democrats are going to have to stop ignoring that and actually be active. Fred and Julian, are you ready to go on the record and make some Georgia primary predictions? <laughs> Ooh. I'll let Julianne go first. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fred. And Julianne, you can pick whatever race you want to. <laughs> you know, I've learned that it's probably best in this political climate to not make predictions. <laughs> um, I've, I've been wrong in a lot of elections lately, as have many politicos. Um, you know, it, it, and the other thing that's tough is that we're not going to be seeing any sort of new fundraising numbers until after the 30th of this month, which mm-hmm. I think is is an important factor going forward. So um, I I will say this, if the election were held today in the governor's race um, in the primary, I believe that Governor Kemp would win. Okay. Um, But, you know, we don't know how the Trump factor is is gonna factor into this. We don't know what he has planned for media later on. Uh, We just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, the Republican Party is a fractured one right now. And so candidates are are appealing to 
their side of the fractured Republican Party right now. So it's going to depend on who shows up to vote, who is the most motivated and passionate to vote. So mm-hmm. we we have to look uh, a little bit into the future to see how that's going to play out. And we have to see those funders raising numbers that are going to come out after the 30th of this month before gotcha. we can make any really good predictions. Gotcha. Fred, I'll give you the last word. Uh, pick Pick a race. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait into it. Um, I think I'm on record as saying I think that Governor Kemp is going to win that without a runoff. And I think he's going to get somewhere between 52 and 53 percent of the vote. So I don't think it's going to be terribly close in the Republican primary for governor. Um, I'm really curious, and I think it's kind of murky to see what's going to happen with the Secretary of State's race between Raffensperger, uh, Secretary Raffensperger and former Congressman Jody Heiss. Mm-hmm. I think Julian's point, that I think the Trump factor is going to be more pronounced when you go down the ballot. So sure. when you look at Secretary of State, you look at Lieutenant Governor between Butch Miller and Burt Jones and down the line like that. But I think at the top of the ticket, I think that you're going to see, uh, just something that you, you refer to the or define the top of the ticket, the governor's race. I think that, that Governor Kemp is going to be fine on that side. I think on the Dem side, I'm going to be really bold and say that Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock are going to win the primary. I think it's going to they're okay. going to win them running away. <laughs> Whether or not they actually have declared opposition. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> Way to step out there, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, but I would say, I think on the Democratic side, what's really going to be interesting is somewhere between 62 and 63 percent. We'll just call it 60 for a low number um, of the Democratic primary voters are African American, and so we're going to see um, how that plays out in a race like the Attorney General's race between Jen Jordan and Christian Wise Smith. All right, Fred, I got to stop you I there. You know, you know the rule when the music plays. You gotta wrap it up you know that come on you've been doing this for 20 years all right we'll bring Thank you all back time. don't worry we'll bring you all back atlanta-based political strategist fred hicks and julian thompson regular contributors here on closer look thank you all so much for taking time really appreciate it we'll bring you back and um way to step out there fred you should have just did what julian did and said you know what i don't know <laughs> thanks for having us all right take care And also online, wab.org slash donate, because we're bringing you right now more programming because of what you all do, which is donate. And we'll get back to closer look in just a moment. We'll let you know that right now in these final moments of the member drive, I've got to take a moment to thank those who are donating to WABE. And with just a few minutes remaining, not only just in the overall spring member drive, but even in the program, we're in a cornerstone match and here to tell you more about it is Gail O'Neill. Gail, let them know. Yes, the math on a cornerstone match works like this. If we can get you to give, let's say, $75, members of our Cornerstone Society will match it. That's only for right now. Hey, these are the very last matching dollars of the spring drive and the very last moments of the spring drive, so please take a moment to get in on this. We can match all incoming donations in any amount until we get through this $5,000 benchmark, and we'd love to match your gift. This is for anyone who donates donates right now in any way, a single gift, a monthly gift, even if you give as a major donor, ballers, I'm talking to you, <laughs> a cornerstone donor, donor at about $3 a day, even your gift will be matched. Just write, just uh, contact us at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And thank you. This is Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. During this time when misinformation and disinformation are confused with facts, 
It's essential to have a reliable source of fact-based news and information. WABE gives you all of that. Help us be here for you. If you can afford to make a donation, I urge you to do it. You can even do it now by going to wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Uh, Thank you so much, Terry Gross, the OG of reporting, I tell you. Yes, as Terry was just saying, fact-based news is so essential. And when you want to know what's going on around the world or right here in the ATL, I mean, be honest, don't you appreciate and even rely on WABE? I know I do. So listen, why not show it? Take a moment to donate. Maybe you're already a member and want to give a bit more, or maybe this is your first ever time giving to WABE. Well, you know what? It's really easy, as Gail's been saying, I've been saying, just head to WABE.org slash donate or when you call 678-553-9090, please do so. Take a moment to support this essential service because we love it when y'all love it. Thank you. When you give right now, we'd like to send you the brand new WABE t-shirt. This black tee has the WABE logo on the front and the slogan, a rare medium, well done on the back. It's yours with a new monthly gift of $20 or a one-time gift of $240. And as a bonus, you'll receive the PBS streaming service passport. When you give right now, you're helping to pay for all of the WABE programs you love. Plus, you're amplifying Atlanta by funding fact-based, impartial news. So please, give monthly at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090 and thanks. As always, 678-553-9090. And as always, we do say thank you. Or online at wabe.org slash donate. Time now to open our archives vault and present another listener favorite. This time it's Kim Fields from 2017. It was the release of her memoir, Blessed Life, My Surprising Journey of Joy, Tears, and Tales from Harlem to Hollywood. And she talks about her four-plus decades career as an actress and director. Everybody sing. Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. As always, I'm Rose Scott. Of course, you recognize that theme. It's from the classic sitcom Living Single. But for one of the stars of the show, she was already a veteran of the small screen. Let's go down memory lane here. Mrs. Butterworth? Yes? How come you taste so good? Oh. Trudy, you're getting out of line. Good. I don't understand you. It used to be our people had to work in the fields, and if they wanted to learn to read, they did it in secret. Now when education is your right, and where are you? Still out on the field. Oh, man, just when my ship was about to come in, life really stinks. Oh, it'll be okay. You get your money back as soon as you return all this stuff. Oh, no. See, it's not that simple. Now I've got to go and retrieve those letters that I mailed to family members, cutting them off. I'm telling you, Brad, now he could be the one. He is fine, educated, wealthy, and has a butt that's dented on the sides with the promise of power. (laughs) (laughs) That is actress. That is actress. (laughs) Let me get this out. That is actress, director, singer. We'll get to that later. And Arthur (laughs) Kim Fields, and she's taking readers through a journey with her memoir, Blessed Life, 
with my surprising journey of joy, tears, and tales from Harlem to Hollywood. Kim Fields, welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you for you. taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. It's fantastic to be here. Going down memory lane. Woo, my goodness. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> I want to begin with this because you call it a blessed life. Can mm -hmm. you even begin to sum up, Kim, this journey thus far? Because there's yeah. still more to it. Absolutely. But it's four decades into this journey. Four decades uh, in the industry, thank God, and um, 48 years on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so um, summing it up is, is really what the, the what's at the core of the book um, and um, reflecting. Um, but it isn't just a memoir. You know, it's not just remember when this happened, remember this, throwback mm -hmm. to this, flashback to this. But a lot of life lessons, um, a lot of uh, uh, highs and lows. You know, and, and some for real, for real low lows and, and navigating and, and kind of sharing how I was able to navigate to get back, you know, and put one foot in front of the other. It's because there are some lows and low lows that it took time. You had to be right. You had to make sure the moment was right for you to put all this out there. Well, I think it's um, you, you kind of I was, I was telling my friend Shonda, who is here with me today, you kind of just kind of you, you know when the time is right to share, you know, your story or a story. You know, you've got something noodling around in your mind for a long time and then you finally go, OK, I think it has some shape now or I can at least, you know, have a, a, a big old brain dump, mm -hmm. you know, and then being able to figure out the, 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 the shaping from there. But mostly the timing of it was just, OK, it's been 40 years. You know, that seems milestone-ish in, in, some, in some way. Let's go back to that first audition. Was it the Mrs. Butterworth yes. commercial? Mm -hmm. That was a national gig. Yes, it was. And you got it. Yes, I did. God is good. How old were you? <laughs> I was seven years old when I did the Mrs. Butterworth commercial. And that was my first gig. And that was also my first encounter with allowing myself to intimidate myself. What do you mean? That was my first encounter with um, getting in my own way in terms of um, the mind games that you can play even as a child with, um, oh, she's better than you. Oh, you know, she's cuter than you. Oh, you're, you're too small. Oh, you're not pretty enough. You're, 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 she, she's richer. She's famous. Um, Janet Jackson was in the room when I auditioned for uh, Mrs. Butterworth commercial, and she was one of the other little girls that was auditioning. And when I went into the waiting room, it was, you know, I knew who she was. They had those wonderful Jackson specials. Mm -hmm. Remember the summer specials? And I thought, oh, no. I'm not getting this. Exactly. This is, this is for her. This is, she's Janet Jackson. And she wasn't doing anything to me. And that was my first encounter with, oh, you can actually get in your own way. But thank God for God and my mama, because she snatched me up, took me to that bathroom and was like, let me tell you something. Because I said, let's go. I, I, I don't belong here. And she said, don't let anything or anyone intimidate you. You go in there and you be the best you and do your best. And your mom, Chip Fields, yes. who already knew about the industry, that oh, yeah. that's a life lesson right there. You mm -hmm. learned it. At that early of an age. At that early of an age, absolutely. And I learned it from someone who almost had no business teaching anything because she was a teen mom. She was a teen mm -hmm. mom who was a, a single mom uh, and who barely had her wits about her, you know, and, and yet was so grounded and rooted in whether you want to call it logic mixed with some faith, even though we weren't, you know, spiritual people, we were just mm -hmm. good people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And uh, and I'm so grateful for every I share a lot of moms, what I call chip wisdom. Mm -hmm. And from that and then you 
guest starring on Good Times alongside yes. Janet. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Facts of Life. Mm-hmm. And everyone loved Tootie and full disclosure. <laughs> Every time you change your hair on Facts of Life, I wanted the same hair. I'm just, I had the mushroom. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, it, the pigtails. The pigtails. Yes. And, and you, you were a teen star. You don't see it that way when, it, when you're in it. Honestly, I promise you, girl, you don't, you just see it as, at least I didn't, you know, I saw it more so as, I guess, I wish I could see I am it. holding up <laughs> the cover of Dynamite magazine from 1980-something with Kim, there's the mushroom, Ooh. we're going to put this on the web. I got you oh, with no. that one, didn't I? She got me good, y'all. <laughs> Um, yes, wow. Um, train of thought has just <laughs> left you the station. You were a teen star. But you don't know it. That's it. You don't know it when you're in it. You know, because you think, um, one, I'm I'm blessed to, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to have, a, a, in, in my eyes, a job. Because I was an actor, you know, but I was also blessed to, I'm, I'm glad I'm getting good grades. Um, so you think you're just kind of doing your day-to-day. Um, you don't see it as, I'm a star. And the one time that I even came remotely close to thinking that, M- Mama Chip was like, Mm-mm, no, no, she no, no, let's, let's, let's bring that on back. She kept you grounded. Sure did. Sure did. And that's another story I tell in the book as well. And the pressures of being a teen star. And, and Kim, I know you had some friends who tragically have lost their lives. Yeah. Did you face pressures from some of the other kids in the industry to... To maybe do some things you shouldn't have been doing? Not at all. Everybody kind of marched to the beat of their own drum. You know, we were all a collective, you know, unit from the standpoint of Norman Lear. All of his shows were at one studio. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as you got to branch out at different appearances and events and things like that, you got to see other kids and, you know, other celebrity kids, that sort of thing. But there was no pressure. I I never felt any pressure, peer pressure or anything like that. It really was very, it it was more of an individual time within the confines of this big giant pool of... Of, of all of us. And you, you just weren't acting now. You were doing some other things. You Lord. know, Kim, when you come Ooh, on this show. I wish y'all could see her little face when she up to you, no you, good you, up in here. <laughs> well, here we go. Hit it, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> Why you let her rope you into this? Everybody listen. singing about Michael Jackson. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so how that came about. <laughs> yes, that's my next question, Kim Fields. How did that happen? So I was uh, about 14 years old, and this is when uh, Thriller had uh, come out and, I mean, just exploded. Mm-hmm. And the Grammys and the whole award season was happening, the AMAs, and it was clear Michael was going to win everything because he had really just revolutionized so much of the industry and the sound and music videos and all sorts of things. And so the executives at Motown, who had originally produced Dear Michael, a lot of people don't realize that was actually a remake of a song that he, Michael Jackson, recorded on his uh, debut solo album when he was about 17 I think and so they I was kind of the only child star I guess that fit the bill and so they asked me if I would record it and I could carry a tune and we were like yeah okay sure and then that joker messed around and got on a billboard R&B chart and, and they were, were on playing American it on Bandstand. and Soul Train and, oh my goodness oh my goodness I'm like I'm a star <laughs> as you matured how important was it for you 
to separate Kim from Tootie? Mm-hmm. Was it hard? It was important for, for, for Kim to just be Kim. It, it wasn't so much a conscious decision of separation between Tootie and Kim. Not like separation between Kim and Regine. Mm-hmm. That, because I was much older and I was very in my head about that. But in terms of the, any sort of separation from, from Tootie, it was more so just, um, just, just making sure that Kim was still grounded in her realities. Going to public high school, unfortunately, having your heart broken, dealing with, I don't have a prom date. What? How how that happened. Wait a minute. Whoa. Yeah, girl. Kim Fields. Mm-hmm. Ain't got no soundbite for that now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. You, you didn't have a prom date. No. No, 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 no. No. You could have grabbed Michael. Well, you can call it <laughs> Or, look, no, no, actually, you could have grabbed Tito. You weren't doing nothing. Listen, my crush was Randy, but that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, but no, I, um, my high school sweetheart and I had, had broken up uh, in my senior year. So I went to his prom and his homecoming, but I didn't have that. So I went with a friend. But, you know, that's part of the journey Mm -hmm. and part of what, to me, really contributed to so much of of my being normal and and rooted and grounded in in a for real reality, not some other alternate reality. In between Facts of Life and living single, mm-hmm. and I know you went to Pepperdine. Yes. You wanted to be a journalist. I did. I did. My backup plan, because part of my mother's, again, her, her you know, enormous amount of, of, of wisdom was have a backup plan. You don't know if you're going to act again. You don't know. And so have a backup plan. And um, I loved hanging out with the crew and being a crew baby. So I had studied, you know, um, um, lighting and, and directing and camera shots and all the, all, the, all the, you know, departments for what I did as an actor and, and it, on a TV show and in movies and even in theater. But I still didn't know if I was going to be in the industry at all. And mm-hmm. so... My mom said, have a backup plan. So when I got to Pepperdine, I thought, okay, I like broadcast journalism. And there was a, and at first I thought I wanted to be a sports reporter. And in LA, there's this wonderful, and he's still there, Jim Hill. Mm-hmm. He is still there, one of the, 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 you know, staples mm-hmm. of, of LA sports. And, uh, and I thought I wanted to be the next Jim Hill. And, uh, and so I, I had to go through the journalism program at school. And part of that was covering news stories and being a part of the newscast at school. And I realized I don't want, I, I don't think I have what it takes. Mm-hmm. My internship at a station in LA called KCOP, which was Channel 13, I had to go and do uh, cover like what they called hard news mm-hmm. at the time. And drive-by shootings and gang violence. And, I mean, you know, when, when all of those horrible things happen and you have to put a microphone in someone's face and ask them what's, how, what are they thinking and seeing crime scenes. And I, I wasn't cut out for that. And on the flip side, just, quote, unquote, reading the news, mm-hmm. um, I was too opinionated. And for me to be an actor and not be able to control my face or my tone Mm-hmm. When I was reading the teleprompter and, you know, as, you know, 20 something having much opinion about, you know, the president did this and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the government, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and so I couldn't read the news with a with a what do you guys call that? Where you have to neutral. neutral? There was no neutrality for me. Well, <laughs> but this was you some know, would say. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the environment now, it's oh, yeah. perfect for that. And so I might certainly revive that part of my life. You can life. always fill in for me if you like. Well, yeah. Y'all, now, Elizabeth, you want a sound bite, Miss Ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but but it's one of those things where, you know, the climate now is much different than sure. when I was in college in 90. Did you think, were you concerned that maybe I won't act again? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, the, 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 that stretch from, from doing Facts of Life to living single, you know, um, was a lot of uncertainty. I was very busy, and thank God for good distraction. Okay. Uh, so uh, the devil was not, you know, having a playground in my inactive mind. So thankfully, I was able to, um, I, I went to school, I I'd created a talk show called Campus Spotlight, yep. uh, and had Betty White and Whoopi Goldberg, Blair Underwood, Sugar Ray Leonard, Jason Bateman. Um, and so it was, uh, it was a really good time for me to explore. It was college. It was what college is supposed, supposed to, to be. be. Yeah. Exactly. How much fun did you have with Regine? Did you know this? I have to play her because she was so different from No, Regine, chapter 11 in the book. Regine, (laughs) Regine, um, the precursor to Regine was actually a character that Tommy Ford, God rest his beautiful soul, Mm -hmm. Tommy Ford had, had faith in my ability far more than I did to play a character in a play that he was directing. And it was very much like a regime type of a character, someone who loved shopping and was very sensual and into herself and, you know, all, all of that. And that was so like nothing I'd ever played before and barely anything like I'd ever lived before because mm-hmm. I was only in my early 20s and just out of college and figuring out the next set of steps. And so um, Regine, uh, I was trying to do a romantic comedy. And I reached out to Yvette Lee at the time before she was Yvette Lee Bowser. And I said, hey, listen, you're like the greatest showrunner right now. And I want to do this. And she says, well, that sounds good, but I'm doing this. But I think you might be great for this. I kind of had you in mind when I wrote this character. And it turned out to be Regine. How much fun did you all have doing Living Single? Oh, every single frame of that show that you see captured is so real. All of the fun and the laughter and the the joy and the sheer. There were times when you would catch yourself in the scene, just sitting back watching the show, and you're like, "Oh, it's my line. Wait a minute, I'm just sitting here." And the wigs, watching the, the show. wigs, you and your wigs, the wigs. That was fun, and that kind of came from a place of I didn't want to do my own hair every week, and you know, having all of that 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 pressure or tension or you know the wear and tear that happens with your hair so I thought okay well I'll do a wig and then it just kind of evolved but it's almost like with with Tootie mm-hmm. and and again not knowing when I was doing Regine and the wigs and everything had no idea it was having the impact that it was just like with Tootie mm-hmm. Joanne Stafford Cheney, who is an amazing, award-winning hairstylist in the industry to this day. And she and I are so close now because her daughter uh, connected us on Instagram. And uh, she was like, oh, I loved being on the set when my mom did your hair. I'm like, who your mama? (laughs) (laughs) I need you to private message me right now. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Joanne was wonderful in... um, doing my hair the pigtails the mushroom the hot you know the front up the back down and just all of these different styles um and and keeping me relevant but I didn't know that I was what would you know go on to be called trending or being iconic or anything like that and you also if if I may when you asked about being a teenager Mm -hmm. being a teenager is so hard 
I mean, it, it, no matter what generation you're in, and everybody claims their generation is the hardest, you know, having growing pains and, and going through that. Um, but but it's still hard. But then when you're doing that in a fishbowl, mm-hmm. um, it's that's what makes it different. So, you know, it's not like I had different issues or different problems or things um, physically, mentally, emotionally, eventually spiritually. It's just I'm doing all that while, you know, the world is watching me grow up. Do you share these stories? I know you have young kids because mm-hmm. you're a mom now. Mm-hmm. You sh- if you haven't, do you, will you share these stories with them to help them make decisions? Um, somewhat. It's a lot different. One, because I've got boys. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hashtag happy for boys. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but so, so if I had daughters, you know, sure. Um, but the things that are kind of universal to the human spirit, absolutely. Chris and I, you know, are, aren't shy about sharing. But here's the thing, mom, dad, share your wisdom, not your baggage. Share your wisdom, not your fears. Don't put your fears on your babies. You mentioned Hollywood. We've been talking about Hollywood. Kim, what do you make of this, what some are calling a watershed moment Mm -hmm. with all the revealing of Mm -hmm. sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. sexual assault? Mm -hmm. You've been in this industry for four decades. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like everyone, I I, I find it, of course, deeply disturbing and and disappointing and and you know and to, to with some of it uh disgusted uh that said i wouldn't dare at all just relegate it to my industry sure. um and uh and my and and this generation it's unfortunate that it is an issue that is um very old very ancient uh it's unfortunate that um we clearly see certain patterns that are cyclical. Uh, so when it's all said and done, I, of course, hope that people get the help that they need uh, on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that the uh, those who have been affected uh, negatively uh, in terms of, you know, whether they call themselves victim, whether they call themselves uh, survivor, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. But, you know, whichever side of this this horrible thing uh, that anybody may be uh, a part of, I hope they get the help that they need. I hope that they get the healing that needs to happen um, mentally uh, in order to just, you know, try to get back to a sense of, 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 of peace. Speaking of peace, because peace has been... A- part is so important for you I know you're Mm -hmm. very spiritual Mm -hmm. faith is important to you Mm -hmm. all this is important because there's still some other chapters for you what's that next chapter well um how long do you want to keep doing this oh my god what till (laughs) till they say come on baby come on (laughs) help your mama down the steps (laughs) um you know as long as they'll have me and and i say that with the full understanding that um you still like i was speaking with leslie odom jr when i went to see hamilton Mm -hmm. and chris and i uh were talking with him and and chris and lynn and just everybody because chris really knows my chris knows Mm -hmm. that world and And Leslie and I were talking about the room where it happens. And I had said, you know, there are times where you got to make your own room. 
mm-hmm. where it happens. As much as I understand Burr saying, I got to be, and just that guttural, you know, sensation of when you feel like so much is passing you by, and yet you've got the credentials and everything to feel like, wait a minute, I'm, I, that, I should be up in there somewhere. Somewhere. Then sometimes it's by, okay, great, then I'll just make my own room where it happens and make it happen, and then y'all will be trying to get in my room. And it's sounds like that's what you're doing much continued success thank you the book is called blessed life my surprising journey of joy tears and tales from harlem to hollywood and it's from kim fields thank you for coming in and sharing thank the you stories. And, and i knew i took you down i do that we do that on it the was show. wonderful thank you so much and in the midst of all that going okay now when i leave here i gotta go and get cupcakes for quincy's birthday party <laughs> at his school who's turning four you know we've got kids where you know that's part of the next set of chapters absolutely. too absolutely and oh when you thought for a moment that you wouldn't have those things that those parts of your life would not be revealed and, and that's the joy too oh that's my the gosh joy part of absolutely it. buying cupcakes mm-hmm. for quincy yes making stickers because they ain't got <laughs> none in the stove <laughs> kim fields thank you so much for coming in thank you Ah, uh, one of my favorites it's a listener favorite and now gail i know why when i i hadn't heard that in five years we're going to have to call Kim Fields the pledge drive whisperer. Five Absolutely. people called in during Absolutely. the interview, two making pledges of $1,200 a month. We got a call from Natalie in Roswell, Douglas in Atlanta. We heard from folks in Dunwoody, and now we are waiting to hear from you. It's so easy. WABE.org slash donate or the old-fashioned way, 678-553-9090. And you know what, Gail, one thing about our Listeners, I hope that they understand is how important they can become. They're already important. Let me back up. You're already important. But if you can become a part of our Cornerstone Society members, because they cool too, you know, because this is an offer they're making today. So if you're donating right at this very moment, please give as generously as you can, because the Cornerstone Society members will match it and i gotta tell you when i first started here and they were talking about cornerstone all this i was like corner cornbread cornerstone no they're like roses cornerstone society cornerstone society members we love them thank you so much again please give as much as you can wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090 and gail you know when we're listening to these these conversations that we've had before in the past like the one we just had with kim fields and the knowledge she said you know share your wisdom not your baggage I was nodding my head. This is just a classic NPR driveway moment where had I been listening to that in real time, I would have to be late for a dentist appointment, you know, telling, apologizing for my tardiness to whomever I was going to meet because that was just such compelling, intelligent, delightful radio is really the word that I'm looking for. I loved it. And before we say goodbye, we, we know we can get at least five more folks because that's all we need, just five more Five more donations right now before we reach, I'm going to say 202. You can do it. So please take advantage of this moment. WABE.org slash donate or with the call 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. And Gail, thank you so much for hanging out with me again. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was a pleasure. An absolute pleasure. And a good conversation to revisit with Kim Fields. 
That is it for this edition of Closer Look. Our producers are Janine Etter, LaShawn Hudson, and Daniel Razel. Our engineer is Kevin Rinker. And a reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Just send me an email, as y'all do during the show, rose at wabe.org, or at 2 o'clock in the morning, because y'all do that too. I'm not judging you. Hey, I'm up. If you missed any of today's show, you can find the entire program online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And tonight at 7 p.m. as well, we have a podcast. Don't forget about that. Stay tuned to WABE from Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.